Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 102 with Nick Onken. You may or may not know who this is. He's a photographer, a very, very professional and accomplished photographer at that. He has worked with tons and tons of people that you've heard of. People like Justin Bieber, Usher, Mary J. Blige, companies like Nike and Reebok and Adidas. And uh, of course, a lot of self-help people as well. Jim Quick and Jay Shetty and Lewis Howes and... Uh, so we talk about all kinds of stuff in this interview. He's very, very fascinating. That's my opinion. I think you'll agree. He also works with individuals and companies with building their brand, uh, kind of inside and out, the, the kind of a visual brand, elevating the brand, and being a visual storyteller. So we got into all that stuff as well, told some of his story and uh, how he came up in the business and the industry himself and all the things he had to do. Lots of things there to grab onto, no matter what your situation is, no matter what you're trying to accomplish or pursue. Maybe you're just trying to survive and get through this coronavirus thing or some other uh, set of circumstances in your life. But uh, whatever that is, there's some excellent, excellent principles that are pretty universal for success, joy, happiness, and overcoming and accomplishing the things that we set out to do. Now, I want to remind you, as always, before we jump into the interview, you are absolutely priceless. You are never alone. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. Don't forget that ever because it's an unchanging state that uh, no one can alter, even your own self. If you tell yourself that you're not any of those things, uh, you're lying to yourself. You are absolutely priceless. You're never alone. And of course, our challenge is real quick. Study, keep studying, start studying, whatever the case might be. Stimulate that mind. I just finished a book today about the one and only Leonardo da Vinci, which I found out today also. It's May 2nd as I record this intro. Uh, he died on May 2nd, 1519, 501 years ago today. <laughs> uh, God rest his soul. But Leonardo da Vinci, uh, excellent, fascinating audio book, actually, over 17 hours and uh, just some food for thought. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I could. Uh, extremely fascinating person, obsessed about everything he did, from the science of it to the visual aesthetic of everything, shadows and lines and sculpture and human anatomy and dissecting uh, human beings and and other creatures and just learning and drawing and writing. Anyway, whatever you can study outside of a guy like that, there's tons and tons and tons of material. I'm just kind of delving in here. Uh, study Nick Onken and his work. Go to Instagram. We'll talk about all that in the podcast. Nick Onken, N-I-C-K-O-N-K-E-N, uh, his Instagram handle, and uh, throughout the rest of social media as well. He's got his podcast, Neon Podcast. It's N-I-O-N, the first uh, two letters of his first name and first two of his last name, Neon Podcast. And uh, of course, next challenge real quick, make great moments. That's with loved ones. You know the drill. Surprise others. Make people matter. Show that they matter. These great moments that we make in our lives will overshadow the mistakes and the other things that will also exist for all of us as well. And of course, the last challenge is keep doing this podcast together. I can't wait to get you into this interview. So without further ado, here's our interview with the incredibly interesting and professional Nick Onken. Here we go. Today, we have the privilege of welcoming Nick Onken, photographer and uh, personal brand expert and all kinds of things in that realm. Nick, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. Just hunkered down in New York City. New York City. Yeah. How are things in New York these days? For those listening, you know, maybe in five years, hopefully this coronavirus thing has passed, but we're kind of right in the middle of it right now. <laughs> five years. I hope it's sooner than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I'm giving it a long time frame. Hopefully it'll be, you know, five days or less, but how are exactly. things in New York? I hear a lot of things. I see a lot of things. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a bit wild, man. I mean, you know, the, I was out, I took a bike ride yesterday. I did like 25 miles and wow. uh, social, social distance, of, of course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's some, it's odd. Like there's a lot of spaces like Times Square and Soho and all these places that are like ghost towns in the middle of the day. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, interesting. And then you get out to like the West Side Highway and Central Park and there's like people everywhere. So it's this kind of like interesting juxtaposition um, between like, you know, apocalyptic and like, oh, everything just seems so normal except everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> Other than that, I, uh, I stay pretty hunkered down in my apartment. I don't really leave, which is kind of like normal life when I'm home is just like, I'm always like playing catch up and I'm in, I'm working from home in the office and 
my my space is pretty set up for creativity and to do all kinds of things everything that i i love doing uh, so it's easy to stay it's easy just to not leave to be honest it's it, i'll go like three or four days without leaving the house <laughs> you got your home all set up huh i do that's good yeah i saw some memes about I just found out that my normal life activities are called quarantine or something because a lot of people live like that. I mean, live from home. Plus we've got access to all the internet and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of people are already living like that. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to work from home when I'm, you know, not traveling. I mean, in, in normal life, I'm traveling at least every two weeks. So probably a couple of weeks a month. Um, a lot of times out to LA cause I work out there a lot and then, all over the world, wherever it takes me. Cool. Yeah. Well, and the travel thing is also a, an issue these days with airplanes and <laughs> all that. But so you haven't traveled much, I guess, either. It sounds like. I not mean, since, not since the lockdown. I mean, I was, I was on a trip um, early March for the first couple of weeks of March out into the West coast. I was in LA and then popped, I did a road trip up through uh, Vegas up to park city for a client's movie premiere documentary premiere and then cruise back down went through zion and went hiking out there which is amazing and i had a and i was supposed to fly up to san francisco mill valley for a shoot and uh on the 11th of march and then that got canceled like two days before so i flew back to new york and i've been pretty much hunkered down since march 11th yeah uh, i haven't gone anywhere i mean i haven't traveled anywhere uh, right. i have no need to travel you know nobody's all my shoots got canceled everyone nobody's like you know, doing this type of work at the, at the moment. Goodness gracious. Well, you were in my uh, turf. Uh, I live in Las Vegas actually. And I've, and I've lived oh, no in way. California multiple times, including LA and Utah, <laughs> Park City. Beautiful. Were you up there for Sundance? Is that what it was? No, no. One of my clients is a, a stem cell doctor. Oh, and, wow. Uh, he did a documentary on stem cell treatments because um, he's oh, really wow. wanting to pave the way in, um, in that kind of, uh, care, you know, because it's really helping a lot of a lot of people, especially with chronic pains and, you know, people that utilize their body a lot. Um, it helps that kind of stuff. So I, you know, wow. I've, built, I've been helping him build his personal brand through photography, and um, he did uh, he did this uh, premiere, which was fun because there was a lot of people like Dave Asprey and Dr. Mark Hyman and, and a bunch mm -hmm. of people showed up. So, well, that sounds fascinating. We might have to get him on the podcast, but that's uh, for another day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I like to kind of talk about background as we've already mentioned your photographer and not just kind of any old photographer. Uh, there's a lot of people say they're a photographer, but you're the real deal. I mean, you live in New York, you work in LA, you, you get flown around, you go to Park City for this documentary premiere. And uh, an artist's life is always fascinating to me. You know, I, for one, am sort of an artist. I grew up doing music and I went to school in L.A. and all that kind of stuff for music. But yeah, um, tell me a little bit about your background as far as upbringing and stuff. Where are you from originally? You're not from New York originally or are you? No, I was born and raised in Seattle in the suburbs, you know, very, very like. I would say very sheltered suburban uh, life. I <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, grew up in a very, in a very religious space. Um, and I've since kind of created my own perspectives and views of the world. But um, uh -huh. I went to school for a graph. I, I started, I got started playing drawing and painting when I was a kid. Uh, do a lot of Disney characters and things like that. Then I took, you know, advanced placement art in high school and got to experiment with different mediums, photography being one of them. Although I didn't have any clue that like that would ever be anything that I did. It was just part of, it was one of the many program classes within the program. Um, and then I decided to do graphic design. So I went to school, I went to college for graphic design. Uh -huh. I did that, I did design for about five years. And part of the way through that, I picked up a digital camera and started shooting for my design work just to, you know, to have extra, you know, assets to work with. And um, I started really enjoying it. And this is at the forefront of digital. Like this is when digital photography was just getting good enough to even use on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in 2003, I think it was. And then I yeah. ended up convincing a nonprofit design client of mine to split the expenses on a trip to Africa to build them a photo library. I had no clue what I was doing. I was just like throwing myself out there because a friend of mine had, he had donated his time to build a, an IT network and they flew him out to Africa and he got to go out and travel. 
uh, on somebody else's dime. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I wish I could do something like that, but <laughs> you don't really need to be anywhere with graphic design. So I had a, uh, um, this client that I'd been doing design work for a while. And I was just like, Hey, what do you guys think about doing this idea of, of building a, building you a photo library out in Africa and you guys pay for half the travel. And I was like, and they were like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically crafted out the whole trip. I, you know, I had to, you know, jump off the cliff and basically weave the parachute as I went and figure it out as I go. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. I had like a glorified point and shoot camera, um, you know, at the time. And, you know, I started talking to other photographers I tried to like track down and see who would give me some advice. Um, and I, you know, I ended up producing this trip, went to four countries, Zimbabwe, Uganda, Kenya, and Burundi. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was a life-changing trip and in two yeah. different ways. So it was, the first way was really like how I saw the world because like getting immersed in the developing world for the first time is such a huge, just, if you've never been to the developing world and you go there for the first time, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a slap in the face, but it's, it's <laughs> definitely a different world. And it's a, it's right. a world that you, you don't know at all. And it's a, you know, you're, you're experiencing like these kids and these families and these people that have nothing, like they literally live in, in mud huts with grass roofs and you, you know, they're, they're sweeping, they're sweeping the mud floors to clean them off. And, you know, at the same time, they'll give you the shirt off their back because they're just, and they're so happy with where they're at and, and their life, you know, so it's, it's this interesting space. So, you know, that opened my eyes to a different part of the world, which has impacted me in the rest of, has impacted me in the rest of my career in terms of always yeah. like in, investing in, in philanthropy and, and charity and things like that. Yeah, but then also yeah. the second, second way, just like it opened my eyes to the, the possibility of, of even doing photography um, as a career because I got back and I was like, man, this is amazing. The client was happy and I was like, people will pay me to like travel around the world. That's like insane. And <laughs> that's kind of what opened my eyes, but I was still in the track to design for graphic design. So I never really thought about it. I, I didn't really like think about it much further. And, and then just completely out of synchronicity, I got connected with this, this photographer in Seattle who shot uh, Seattle commercial stuff and product and some weddings mm -hmm. and different things like that. And I was doing website updates for him. Um, and he just, I, I just started pounding him with the photography questions as, as we kind of like were building a relationship. And then he would just like give me answers. He, would, you know, anything that I needed, he was super helpful and, and it was really great. And eventually he just invited me out to work on set with him or just like come out and hang out on set. I had no idea, you know, what a set what even was, what, <laughs> like, I didn't know what photography was. I didn't know you could actually build a business at, it, it was a business it was a career or anything yeah and so kind of from just like hanging out with him he opened my eyes to that world and i got to see um what the, that possibility was and so then it then i started seeing you know looking at these other photographers that were big commercial advertising photographers that um you know, they were creating print ads for every magazine. And, I, you know, I didn't even know that you could do that at the time. And so that's kind of where my, where my eyes started opening up. And then I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think during my design, the early design um, years, I read The 4-Hour Workweek uh, by Tim Ferriss. And those, this book. book, yeah, like changed my life and my perspective and the fact of like, oh, I can design my life to, to be the way that I want it to be. You know, it wasn't yeah. none of my, my path didn't really align with what he talked about in the book in terms of like doing online business and stuff like that at the time. But you know, the idea that I could become a photographer or a designer or a creative and really craft, Oh, if I want to travel here, I can do that. Or if I want, you know, just really like how to, how do you compartmentalize and design and architect your life in the way that you want it to be? Right, and I still, right. and I've always believed in that and I still believe in that. And, um, you know, fast forward years later from, you know, then I, then I started, I just started the path of being a photographer. I started looking at these big photographers and saying, okay, what are they doing and how do I do that? So I just reverse started reverse engineering, um, the process and to get there and started in, talking yeah. to different photographers. Yeah. We're doing it. I like, and ended up like hiring consultants at a certain point to like help me like learn the market, the industry. 
uh, and how that works and how to, to advertise to people that are hiring photographers. Um, you know, so it really came down to creating a portfolio that people wanted to hire you for and then getting it out in front of people. So it's, you know, yeah. making better pictures and showing more people is kind of the, the end motto there. And that goes with any art career um, in general. It's just like you got to make better art and then you have to get that art in front of people. Of and eventually somebody will want to pay you for it. Um, uh-huh. And so that's that's kind of been my my path of the early days. And then that just kind of spawned. I ended up getting a job for Nike, which was a really, that was like my first big name project and shooting these pro sports mm-hmm. players. And then that just, you know, slowly evolved into shooting a lot of big commercial work and celebrities. And, you know, now I'm into uh, helping people build their personal brands. Um, people like Lewis Howes and Jim Quick and um, a lot of these people. So. Wow big names all over the place and a lot of uh, big stuff you've done. That's quite a, that's quite a path. I'm glad you had that early Africa experience. I think uh, that does a lot for people to see some element of that in the world, especially for those of us who come from places like suburban Seattle <laughs> uh, or anywhere in the U S really, because it's a very developed uh, somewhat sheltered place, the U S. So I'm glad you were able to do that. But there's so much you went over. I you talk about high school. I took a photo class in high school uh, back in, this was in the nineties. I graduated 98, <laughs> give you some <laughs> idea how old I am. And, yeah. uh, so in those days they just, we just did black and white film photography and we had a dark room at school and we would develop it. Like were you, cause you talk about 2003 and the kind of on the cusp of the digital thing, were you still developing film in high school and stuff? Or Yeah, man. Well, I graduated in 96. So if that gives you any, any clear, we're the same generation. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So that's all it was, was film, you know, like, that's why I say is like the, when I got into photography was when digital photography that in about 2000, yeah, I mean, about 2002, 2003 is when like the kind of the first wave of digital cameras that, you know, I had like a seven megapixel, like (laughs) F707. And like you could actually it had manual on it. You could control the settings slightly. Um, yeah, had a big yeah. barrel lens on it. You know, this was just basically a point and shoot camera, but it was probably the most advanced cost effective camera at the time. So, you know, back in high school, yeah, it was, it was all film. It was black and white film and it would go through the dark room. And even in high in college, it was the same thing. It was just like part of the design program that I had to take this photography class. So, you know, it was all film and, you know, well, you learned the ins and outs. It's it's kind yeah, of too bad that great. yeah, it's too bad that film has kind of uh, disappeared. Like you look, it used to be the Kodak Theater in L.A., for example. And where I grew up in Albuquerque, we had the Kodak International Balloon Fiesta, <laughs> uh, and now I don't think it's Kodak anymore. I don't know what it is now, but in any case, because people come take zillions of pictures, all these hot air balloons. But um, so real quick on your family. I don't want to spend too long on here. Were your parents real supportive of all this? Because sometimes there's a varying degree of support in the artistic pursuits. <laughs> uh, yeah, my parents were totally supportive. You know, they didn't really good. understand it, but they were very supportive in, in terms of like, you know, just do it, letting me do what I wanted to do and, and go take my career where I wanted to take it. So. Did, did, did you have any siblings or I guess do you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm the complete opposite. I have like one sister and she's got three kids. She's married and just does, you know, it's a full-time mom. And, yeah. you know, now my parents live with them because they bought a bigger house and like live in the basement or like the mother-in-law house. Oh, wow. And, you know, out, out like, and they live like an hour outside of, of Seattle out in the country. So, so they're all still in that region and you ventured out into the world doing this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's funny how that happens in families. I'm just, I'm just always curious about the family dynamic. That's all. We won't spend too long on that, unless you want to. <laughs> but uh, as we write, find interesting, taking initiative and just asking, asking whether for help, mentorship with you know other more advanced photographers, perhaps, or just asking for the job or or whatever. How has that played into your career? I mean, you've always got to be, I think there's always a delicate balance. And I think, uh, you know, f- I think in learning things and connecting with people, it's always been, I've, I've had a lot more time asking, you know, I think now it gets a little bit, it's a different era. Um, you know, back when I was like growing and learning and, and I still am, but it's, it's a different space. That's probably a big reason why I have my podcast now is, is to sit down with 
um, amazing individuals and learn. However, uh, yeah, I mean, like asking is always the tough spot of being an artist and being a creative and something that I've always, you know, I've always been more of an introvert. I'm more of an ambivert, ambivert now where um, I, you know, I recharge from both, you know, being by myself and with people. So I think there's, mm-hmm. and I also grew up in, in a very religious conservative um, arena. So I had, I've always had this like fear of judgment and uh, yeah. looming around me. So it's always been hard to, you know, whether it's disclosing my own truth or opinion or asking things of people I, I do, like I feel this like fear around it still. I mean, those things, you know, you have, you can work on them, uh, but it, you know, it's a constant conscious, um, play of of self-development to get past that stuff yeah Um, but yeah i mean it's always there is it's like at the at like i i don't like to like bother people in a certain sense of over asking yeah um so i try to figure out how to to make those i think in building relationships in general it's really about just adding value to that other person before making asks you know what i mean um very good point you know, I, I've oh, especially nowadays, especially when everybody expects everything for free and everybody, you know, is just like, oh, just people reach out and be like, hey, tell me all your secrets. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? I don't know you. Um, tell me. So I think if you want, you know, just a piece of advice to people, if you want to connect with somebody, offer them value, offer them something like. I mean, a coffee at the least, but a coffee is even worth, you know, it's like that if you're trying to connect with somebody who's, who's very busy, very powerful and very um, in demand, you know, think of how valuable their time is. And if they're going to sit down and spend some time with you, at least be grateful, (laughs) at least buy a coffee, at least, you know, if not a meal um, or go and work for them for free or that's not even for free. It's like you're trading your time for (laughs) knowledge and education. And I always say that with, you know, if people come in and intern for me, it's like they absorb so much just by being in the space um, that, that, that that's worth a lot more than, you know, money in terms of, you know, cause you're not, you're always going to learn more working for somebody than you will in school. Absolutely. Um, and, and being in the actual world. Uh, so that, that experience is valuable. So what do you bring into the table is yeah. kind of like how I like to, you know, what I, the advice that I would give to people is, is to, to really come forward and add value. And I mean, for me, I do the same thing every time I'm trying to like build relationships with people. I'm always looking <clears throat> to see what value I can add to that person yeah. um, without making an ask, you know, cause then, you know, it's like Gary V talks about, you know, he had that book <laughs> that right, like jab, jab, right hook or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just like always like give, give, give. And then down the road when you really, really need something, make an ask and yeah, you've built enough value there. Then, then you don't you know then it's like a no it's not a it's there's no weirdness you know it's not like this outweigh of reciprocity kind of thing yeah no i was in fact i was going to mention gary v but you beat me to a great gary and and tons of others who have some clout in the world uh, (laughs) talk all day long about add value add value so remember that kids and you and me both too that's if we want to get somewhere and build a relationship somehow. I mean, in any relationship, even in your family, we add value. Yes, there's kind of an unspoken, hopefully, love and things there too, but also, or, or people who get married and other things. This is how interpersonal human interaction ought to exist. We add value. And it's been that way for thousands and thousands beyond, and beyond years uh, in in the world i mean from the barter system to now our goal i mean it's it's like an energy flow right it's circular so the more you can get lewis house is a good friend of mine and he's i he amazes me at how he is able to build relationships with people and like high level people all across the board he's always looking to see where he can add value to people he's always looking to see where he can bring make a connection for somebody or give something or to somebody or whatever it is and he's like never asking for anything yeah in return he's always just like out there adding value adding value awesome. adding value i see and that with him 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at how big he's grown and, and all the things that he's like brought into his life and attracted into his life. And I think it's because he's so, he's so generous. He's so giving, he's always like, you know, helping people see their own greatness. Um, and I think that's a, such a huge key is like that value add all the time, constantly. Don't wow. be a taker. <laughs> Boy, I wonder Lewis too, cause he, he interviewed Kobe and, uh, like in the last year or two before all this happened and, and among others, like he has an excellent podcast, but uh, in any case, I think there's some great deep universal truth in what you said about the energy flow about adding value in general. And uh, just about like you mentioned Lewis and lots of other people, because you've associated with lots of high level people in all areas, whether it's athletes, uh, probably, you know, business executives and celebrities and other things, those who, who succeed, there's there's a generous giving uh, in the mix it's part of who and what they are and also it's folks who are maybe lower down the totem pole don't take advantage of that like you say add value to to find your way up that quote-unquote totem pole (laughs) yeah absolutely and look it can be a challenge i mean i grew up with a lot of scarcity mindset and like holding on to things has been you know because you don't because of the fear of of not being enough there's not enough or there's something you know like that's something i've had to like work through and get past and sometimes i feel that like i seize up in that in some of those moments too but then i'm just like okay no like if i if i give and i be the more generous i can become the more that's going to come back to me and i just know i just have to like know and trust that that's going to happen yeah lots of deep stuff there you having a religious background, it's it's almost like this concept of faith. Whether you're still in the whole religious realm or not, it's still like you take a, a leap of faith kind of in the dark, knowing what a result that you expect should be. And from experience, because over time you have that experience, sounds like, between your Africa trip and all these great people you've gotten to know and work with. And, and on that note, by the way, uh, without making you uncomfortable, and if you, it's, you know, and who are some of the folks you've worked with? Because I know you've worked with tons of people that everybody knows, <laughs> knows who they are. <laughs> like you've, you've taken pictures, done photography, I should say, take pictures is what I do on my phone, but done the art of photography <laughs> for uh, like a wide range of things. What are some of those things? That, and, you know, I don't know about name dropping, but what do you want to say on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all across the board. I mean, I'll just take, uh, I hate name dropping, but I'll just say. But I asked, it's, it's just my yeah, fault. Yeah. <laughs> you asked. It's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it's all good. I mean, it just gives context as to like what I've done. And, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. I've, done, I've worked for so many brands like Nike, Coca-Cola, Reebok, Adidas. I had print campaigns in like huge magazines, like People Magazine. I've shot for magazines like Connie Nass Traveler and Mary Claire and Cosmopolitan. Um, Esquire, GQ, things like that. I've shot celebrities like Justin Bieber, Usher, uh, Lil John. I just shot a little while ago, and um, Jessica Alba. I've shot Mary J. Blige and uh, some other people like that. Wow. And then I've, you know, you know, through my journey, my early years of was a lot of that, and it's, you know, still celebrities here and there. But I, I really love showing, showcasing people's stories. Now I've done a lot of the commercial work. I've done a lot of the lifestyle work. And the commercial industry for me just isn't necessarily um, as monetarily incentivized as it used to be. Mm. And so I've taken a lot of the things that I've learned from the advertising world and celebrity world and been helping translate that over to the personal brand. And, and you know, there's a space of education there to help for that I'm like teaching. That's uh, impressive. I mean, because there's a lot of folks out there. Um, did I lose you? No, no, I'm here. Oh, I want to make sure. Okay. Uh, a lot, I lived, like I said, I lived in LA and there's a lot of, let's just, for lack of better terms, starving artists in LA, whether they're actors, musicians, uh, or any other number of things, probably photographers, models, makeup artists, all the stuff in this arena. Uh, and, and I, and I see this happen. There's a lot of artists have this journey of a lot of like pain and anguish. <laughs> Did you go through any of that at all to get to these higher echelons of things that you've been able to do? I mean, did you have any of that kind of stage or at least, or at least maybe periods of that in your career or second guessing at least? Oh, I mean, it just is, it's like, a, you know, it's a 10 year overnight success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it took at least 10,000 hours before really starting to get into a groove of, 
just my photography. I mean, my graphic design career was five years and I, I was basically a starving artist back then. And then even when I was like the first five years of doing photography, it was like, you know, very touch and go. Just scrapping together to you know see how I could I could live and invest in my work and invest in my my business and buying equipment and all that stuff. So I was like living very thin in terms of like you know thin margins, you know low overhead in terms of you know rent and and utilities and things like that. Yeah. And then and then I would you know invest all the money I could into my photography equipment and building my portfolios and getting doing meetings and all these different things. And, you know, it took, it took at least five years before real, you know, I was actually like working with any of these people. Yeah. yeah. Minus the fluke of the first Nike job that I had working with like Ben Roethlisberger and Albert <laughs> Pujols and all these guys, um, pro sports players. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I think that's something that no matter what industry you're in, whoever's listening to this, uh, I think that's a very consistent, I'm all about stuff that's uh, like universal truth. <laughs> and I think there's a lot to what you're saying. There's an element of, of patience, probably some, some pain, but it's a ton of growth in those processes and uh, learning to be humble and offer value. And like we talked about a little bit earlier with, with, uh, you know, finally asking for things here and there as appropriate and probably following your gut to an extent. I mean, there, there are probably certain things that you just had some intuition about. Was there anything like that? Like, oh, I need to go this direction. I need to move to this place. I need to call this person. Do you remember anything like that as you were coming up in the industry? In terms of? of... Just just having things on your plate and uh, and having to make a decision a lot of times because there's a lot of decisions in these paths and a decision can make or break just like your decision to ask for that Africa trip. Um, and, and you may not have consciously thought of that. So I invite you if you haven't to think of that and get back to me, but there's times in, in my, I'll just speak personally where I've known I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to talk to this person and be in this place. Um, and maybe you don't remember that, and that's okay. We can move on. <laughs> I just, I just know an experience. I just feel like the universe helps you if you're trying to help yourself. I guess is the point. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always been moments of like you always have to push yourself out of your comfort zone anywhere, any time of your career when you're first starting, because a lot of times you're going to get a lot of no's, and you know, there's there's certain people that you want to work with. There's certain people that you want to shoot for. There's still people that I want to like work with and shoot for that I have that I've got nose on and you know I think there's always these challenges along the way and get out there and put yourself out there um in these moments because those are the moments where you grow and um you know it's it's always up and down um you know sometimes you'll be on a ride for a couple of years and then things just crash I mean I've had that happen yeah um you know so I think you know and, and even just like seeking people out that you want to connect with it kind of goes back to what we were talking about it's really like okay, how do you add value? Because like, um, you know, one of the things with shooting celebrities is that you never, one of the biggest rules, not really spoken rules, is that you just never fan out in front of celebrity. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're not push a category that's not, you know, they appreciate, but they're not a peer or um, somebody that they want to take direction from. Well, you have to somebody worship mode <laughs> in some capacity. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I think that's people. Okay. Yeah, they're just people, you know, but when you're in their presence, that's also a whole different, like, navigation of the mind to stay in that space of like, oh, wait, yeah, like, they're just people, but like, what do I say? Like, how do I, talk? you know, like, how do you approach? How do you talk to them? Yeah. Um, you know, is also because people lose their minds. Like, I know. you think that you like when you're around somebody that that you would be act normal you're like oh yeah i'm just gonna act normal but like you really have to take a step back i at least i've had to take a step back even in a room where you know if i was you know i've been on vacation with usher and people like that that was my first kind of like experience in this world and i was like beside myself yeah and i'm like what am i <laughs> you know i just had to try my best not to like <laughs> act not normal um you know since then it, you get kind of used to it but like you know at the end of the day they are just humans and they're just like, you know, they're just projected in a different light than, than anyone else. And yeah. you have to remember that. And, you know, they just, they work hard. 
they they are successful because they work hard and and because of different choices that they've made and I think when you can make the choice to get out there and create and get out there and um, keep going and to get out there and push past failure and to push past fear, uh, then that's where the greatness comes. That's where people see the successes. Um, but I think that takes a lot of work and that, you know, I've interviewed a ton of, a lot of like super successful people, a lot of these people that I'm even talking about here. And what's the common theme? The common theme is that they've, they've pushed past the failures and kept on moving and kept on going forward yeah. and stayed persistent. Um, and that's Absolutely. like in the space of like empowerment in the space of, of inspiration. That's where, that's where I've seen the biggest, um, you know, successes and like behind the success is, is the, the mindset to keep going, to keep moving, to grow, to, Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to push past the failure or pivot from a failure, you know? Of course. Well, I think, again, a lot of universal truth, especially we say about pushing past failures, everybody, <laughs> and whether you're a Babe Ruth or an Usher or, you know, Nick Onken, pushing past failure is absolutely crucial in life to get to the places that we need to get. It's an interesting kind of uh, essential component of life, this it's like people have to push past failure to get somewhere. And if they're not willing to, they don't deserve it to be quite honest. I don't want to be mean, but that's just reality. If you're not willing to push past failure because you will, like I, I started running with my boys, the eight and 10 <laughs> and we started watching all these motivational videos. We started, we watched Denzel the other day. He has all this motivational stuff to say. And, uh, but they, they talk about just, you have to push past failure constantly. And, uh, and if you, if you haven't experienced it yet, you will, you know, I'm 39 now. So I've lived life a little bit to know that, okay, you can have, like you talk about these periods of ups and then period of kind of a drought of some sort. Uh, so we have to expect that, but know that we're in this together. Don't feel alone. Know that other humans are going through some version of that. Maybe they're in their ups while you're in your down and vice versa, but uh, pushing past failure. Excellent, excellent points. And thanks for sharing all those stories. And sorry to put you on the spot with some of the name dropping stuff. But uh, oh no, not at all. I think it's. Wow. I think it's probably. Do you think it's helped you working with some of these kind of people? Jim Wick, Jay Shetty, Lewis. How does that kind of form your uh, views and attitudes, habits in your business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the more of the space that I'm in now. And it's just I, over the last few years, I've had to go through, I went through a business and I totally got into some older training. I go, and that was kind of my start into this world. And, you know, it really, you know, we see this, it's like you're the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. Yep. And, you know, I really believe that if you're, you know, you can choose those people very carefully, you know, surround yourself with positive people because they're going to be the ones that are going to help you and, you know, equally be positive and push them, you know, otherwise it's got to be an equal street. You know, you got to be adding as much value as, as they're bringing you because um, you'll drop out of their circle. Um, so it's like, you know, very specific thing, but absolutely. And that's why a lot of these people are my clients now as well, is because like, I just kind of, that's kind of the world that I play in. That's the world that I enjoy. You know, I'm to physical and health and, and spirituality and, and personal development. And just like, how can you live like a, the most creatively optimized life that you can? And a lot of that starts with mental, mental game. And then like, how, how are you keeping your body, um, your body, mind and soul healthy? Yeah. Uh, all these things. So that's like all these people <laughs> that I work yeah, with. That's awesome. They, you know, they, they contribute to that. So. Yeah, no. I, and <clears throat> I can only imagine, you know, and these are very high level people. These, these are people who have gazillions of followers and social media and so on like that. And, but not just, we're looking at just followers. They, they have that for a reason because again, they've been generous and brought value <laughs> and been consistent and overcome failures and so on. So all the things we're talking about. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit uh, as far as your personal brand uh, arena that you do here. Uh, and and you do it from a visual standpoint, as we can imagine, as a photographer. To talk about that, because um, you talk about some keys to to elevating your, your personal visual brand. Well, tell us what that is for those of us who aren't, you know, doing what you do. <laughs> what the personal visual brand is, or the keys? Well, the both. keys to it, and and both really, because and why is that important? Why is the visual side of your brand important? 
Yeah, I mean, the, so the, the personal visual brand, I mean, for me, I focus on the imagery and that's like, you know, because you're telling stories, you're telling stories who you are. And if you, if you, and this is primarily for people that are like trying to, that want to build a business where they are their product, whether it's a thought leader or an author or speaker, um, just where anybody that podcast hosts, anybody that gets out there and wants their audience to connect with them and like, let them, um, guide their their audience like guide their audience through their process and help them through mm -hmm. uh visual imagery creates that a, a very big connection piece um through that because you know we all want to see behind especially now we want to see the person behind the product or the material or the whatever it is that is being sold um you know we want to see the person behind that and the more we see that person, the more we get connected with them. And so with personal yeah. branding, you have the opportunity to kind of create the aspiration for people to want to follow you and want to um, work with you and, and things like that. So creating a high level of visual uh, imagery is, 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 I believe, is super key with that because, um, you know, you can, I utilize uh, one of the, the, things that I talk about is called elevated realism. And it's, it's a style of imagery that I, you know, if you look at my photography, it's very exactly that is, is basically you're creating like a higher level, uh, you know, an aspirational type of photograph uh, where it seems like it say it could be in an advertisement, you know, it's like things that we would aspire to, but also it's relatable. It makes that person feel human and makes that person feel that like their audience can connect with them. Uh, so it's kind of playing those two realms and creating storytelling imagery. So telling your story and what you're all about, I think is a huge key uh, within that versus, you know, it's like kind of what is the location and the wardrobe and the props and the thing, different things tell you what's that storytelling in the, in the photograph, because that also, you know, we think in stories we think yeah. in narratives. So creating storytelling images really kind of, brings context it brings remembrance uh to that person um and then the other part of it of the elevated brand personal brand is is what i call the anchor image method anchor image method and basically it's utilizing the same group of photos and even like profile photo across all of your channels um so that it has the same aesthetic and, and remembrance right it takes like seven times for somebody to see something before they actually start to remember it, like a logo, a person's yeah. face, anything like that. So if you keep your, you know, this is a big key is if you keep your profile photos, say um, the same across all of your brand touch points, whether it's Instagram profile, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh -huh. um, on your website, whatever it is, uh, keep it consistent. Uh, and, and then people will see, Oh, they go to your Instagram. They're like, Oh, okay. I saw that. And then I, you go to their Twitter or you go to their website and they see the same photo. And then that's kind of building that that's building that recognition and that remembrance into that person's brain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good stuff. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And these days, um, I mean, I kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of knew some of the answers to that too, but I wanted you to explain it as far as why we do the stuff, especially if everybody knows Instagram, like all Instagram is, is visual. I mean, it's, yes, you can watch music videos and stuff, but it's all visual still. I mean, you're watching something or you're looking at a photo or you're liking and comment and Instagram arguably is probably the top social media, especially as far as brand building is concerned, uh, as of now. And, uh, so I couldn't agree more telling the story and then having a guy like you in their corner is probably a top notch guy who's worked with gazillions of great people. So you have, uh, you have some credibility to say the least. Um, you yeah, talk, I mean, there's, yeah, sorry. There's, you know, this is, I think an opportunity is to that you can intentionally create the perception that you want people to perceive you as. Uh, when you're actually creating your brand. So that's through graphic design and through imagery um, and even video. It's like, what story are you telling? You know, you get the opportunity to, to show that to other people. If you're not consciously thinking about that, whatever you put out there is the story that you are telling your audience. So if you utilize, say, like, like a, a iPhone, like a super old iPhone group photo and you crop your face out of it and you use that as your, your, <laughs> 
profile photo, what is that saying about you? You know, that's <laughs> saying that, you know, a lot of things like you're, you don't understand you, your business is probably not that great yeah. uh, because you're not investing in it. You're not investing in an actual photographer. You're not investing in, in anything, you know, you're running out of your garage, you know, can people trust you if you're just like, you know, hacking your way through this, um, you know, in granted, yes, there's there, we are all like trying to figure this out as we go. However, it's really thinking about what you're doing intentionally and how you're intentionally telling that story to the world. Because obviously we see from everyone else sees from the outside, what it is that you put out there. Yeah. Same with, same with just like who you are as a person, like what's going on inside is a direct reflection of what you put out, like how you interact with people. So you can really, if you can align all of that stuff, that's, that's the true key, right? Align your inside and your, your own thoughts and, and mannerisms and ideas to the outside. But then like you can also, part of personal branding is translating that and who you are authentically to your visual brand. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you're saying. And again, it goes back to what you said earlier about this energy flow you know, creating balance in your life in all these areas, and then also alignment. And we've talked in our podcast about how the word joy means alignment in certain languages, including Hebrew, that their word for joy literally means alignment. So aligning a message as your branding uh, is very important, both with the anchor photo you described, and uh, all the other things you're saying. And, and being and I'd like that you use the word authentic, because, you know, I've talked to people who who some of what people do, especially when they do videos and podcasts and stuff, is like they have a green screen and they create a fake background. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, again, what is the message you're trying to send? And there could be a valid purpose for doing that in some contexts. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. being authentic where, you know, there's kind of this ongoing joke about how social media is where everyone puts their best foot forward. But in real life, they've got all these problems that they're not letting the world in on, which makes some sense. But um one of the things that you talk about that to me is interesting because I'm always fascinated by the subconscious mind is uh, how to kind of subconsciously tell your personal brand story. I'm guessing that's kind of an extension of what you've said so far, but why is that important on the subconscious level? Are we talking about the receiving end on their subconscious? Because you talk about seven times it takes for people to kind of recognize a logo and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, so take, for instance, say like any sort of brand that's out there and this is, you know, visual is, is photography is part of it. Um, but you're talking visual overall. So the graphic design and the photography together um, really tell at the level that you're, they, they, they communicate subconsciously what, what level you're playing at. So take, for instance, go to the grocery store. Why do you buy the why would you buy like the the nicer brand versus the generic brand right and you typically will typically buy the, the nicer brand because we feel like we trust it but why do we trust it, it could be the same product inside mm -hmm. but True. has different branding on the outside different packaging one feels more elevated one feels more sophisticated one feels more organic or whatever it is right like i mean you know you name it we all get feelings from experience experiencing a brand visually but both from graphic design and and um <clears throat> uh and photography which gives us the reason why we actually choose to purchase it yeah um, well, and so the, all that yeah like all of that is subconscious we're not we're not consciously thinking about that unless you like you know you sit there and become aware of it and you're like now i'm thinking about why but on on the normal day-to-day -day basis when we're purchasing a product we go with the feel that that brand is giving us and what what does that feel it's the feel that they're creating to make us want to purchase that and make us feel a certain way so that's kind of what i'm saying subconsciously is you have the opportunity to create that for other people in the which in the way that in which they see you yeah great point i mean there's a lot to human nature in all this as far as wanting to feel trusting and uh you know uh, secure in, uh, for example, like you mentioned, a purchase decision. Um, and then there's other elements where like I, I was actually talking to my dad yesterday about, and I kind of joked with him, but it's true that he was kind of a cheapskate dad and some of that rubbed off on me. And what is all that? There's an element of fear to being uh, cheap. And, and that's okay because sometimes you need to be 
like you talked about early in your career and low rent and all these things and just reinvest in your business. But uh, it's kind of finding that balance between what's pragmatic, what's practical, and what's also making the right decision, whether it's buying the right, uh, you know, toilet paper to use, uh, you know, current event reference or, <laughs> or other things. If I want to, you know, build my personal brand, do I want to work with uh, this guy around the corner in his garage or do I want to work with Nick Onken with some great, uh, you know, history, background and credibility in the industry because you've built that up. Um, but what do you have to say to folks who are starting kind of at this ground level from their garage, so to speak, because sometimes people don't have a choice. They can't go rent a big, you know, studio office space, whatever it is for their particular uh, thing they're doing. Um, do you have anything to say to people who are just kind of in the starting out phase of things as far as building the brand, perseverance, whatever? Yeah. I mean, you got to keep going. You got to like, you know, you can do, I and mean, that's the beauty of now is like, right. You can do everything from a laptop anywhere in the world. Um, yep. You know, I think it's a matter of like really education, educating yourself on all this, like the stuff that we talked about, perception, branding, you know, in that space and thinking of like, okay, how can I, because everything comes from the top down. It's either you, you're hiring people to do it or you're doing it yourself. Uh, you know, I think at the beginning, there's some things that you kind of have to do by yourself, but then, um, you know, at, at, like as you get further down the road, then you can hire some of that stuff out and hire experts in that category. I mean, I'd rather hire an accountant than do my own accountant accounting, right? Like yeah. at the beginning I was doing it myself. Um, but I'd rather hire experts that do what they do in that category so that I don't have to do it. Um, but in the beginning, you know, I think it's really about how can you start, you know, specifically speaking with a, with a career in photography, I mean, it kind of differs um, in different spaces, but with, with a career in the arts, you really got to just keep, keep creating your own work until somebody wants to hire you for it. And that takes time. Like you have to build a portfolio. You have to really learn the material and learn the craft and learn yep. what it is that you're creating. And that takes time. You know, it took me a few years before people started to want to like hire me. Yeah. And I had to keep on my own, just shooting and shooting and shooting and creating, creating, creating until I was like, I got to a point where I was getting solid in what I was, you know, delivering. Yeah. And then, you know, and you have to get through that space and that takes a lot of, you know, trial, effort, uh, perseverance, resilience, motivation to keep going, even though you're not getting paid for it. You're not at the, at the level of what you want to be playing. Like that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. You got to take like 10,000 hours. Yeah. So I think it's really, really just knowing why this is the other thing I like to say that, that I believe is knowing why you love something and loving it for the craft of it. Because if you don't love it for the craft of it, you're not going to make it through the downsides. You're going to give up. You're going to like not do it. But if you really truly love whatever it is, taking photographs, um, doing design, whatever, then you'll do it. You'll, you'll keep doing it through the, the hard times because, yeah. um, because you love it so much. Yeah, I think there's a lot there. I, in fact, I personally, I've been listening to this book about Leonardo da Vinci. It's like a 17-hour audiobook. <laughs> wow. Fascinating dude, though. I kind of speed it up a little bit because you can speed those up these days. But um, it's, man, but this guy, the reason it's so fascinating to me is how obsessed he was. Uh, you have to find a place. And these are interesting stories. And I love hearing people's success stories, including a guy like Leonardo. Uh, not just a Ninja Turtle, also a Renaissance artist, master. Uh, but he, man, the obsessiveness with which he would calculate distances and geometry and, and his art, like you have to fire yourself up to get that obsessed. And I was that way for a while when I was a musician as far as drumming. Like I'd sit down and write stuff out and there's all this math and music and stuff. So had, and I liked math, so I would like to try to find how to fit things in, the timing and all that with drums and stuff but that's just an example or photography you you have to like grant cardone has a book called be obsessed or be average and uh i just i feel like that's a huge component too is adding on to what you said you got to know yourself also and like you talk about the accounting you know yourself to know that you're not good at that you don't like doing that you don't want to spend your time on that so hire that stuff out and don't be scared to do that 
to you know, hire out whatever you need to hire out. Uh, which is hopefully somebody competent on that end of things. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, you've got a ton of great stuff to contribute here as far as uh, what, what else can we cover here as far as the personal branding, as far as what you think is important, because I know, I mean, you, I know you talk about healing through creativity. I know you talk about, uh, you know, all the things you've learned with all the people you've worked with and stuff and uh, building through storytelling. What, what else do you want to say as far as if you had one, final thought, so to speak, what, what would you say as far as what you do and how we can apply that? I think, you know, for me, it's really the message of never stop creating. And, you know, you're always creating, whether it's like you're creating your art, you're creating your life, you know, you, you have the moment, you have the power to choose to create from every moment and you create your life by creating every moment. So um, I have this thing, I have had this hashtag that I've had for a long time called uh, create your moments mm -hmm. and it's really about creating the space for moments to happen so structuring your life and create being intentional around what you're bringing in um, <clears throat> into your life to let magic happen you know you create like the space for that to happen um, and I think if you were always staying in a, a space of creation we're always going to be creating the life that we want once we get to a space where we're over consuming we start to lose that and I think that the the line between creating and consuming, you know, it, you know, we all also, I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like watching too many movies to where point I'm like just avoiding, but then also, you know, like how much time are we spending creating or are we creating a time of re relaxation? Are we creating time for family and relationships? Are we creating time to create? Yeah. Are we creating, you know, are we creating um, new, like, ideas within ourselves and new learnings you know are we creating new progress and becoming a better version of ourselves i think that's that's the attitude um that i've liked to live by for the, however however many years i've been on this planet and um you know i think living with that idea is you know gives us that joy that you're talking about gives us that alignment i mean how how much in alignment can we live our lives um, because I mean, I want to live the best, most creatively optimized, joyful life that I can live on this earth. And um, <clears throat> that takes yeah. an intentional mindset of creating that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about in, like you say here at the end, intentional mindset that, uh, that again, there's a decision. Yeah, Tony Robbins talks about the word decision comes from roots and others talk about this too, but that mean to cut off, that we got to cut certain things off at times to make a decision going towards that thing. And uh, sometimes we get scared. Like uh, I, one of these motivational videos I watched my boys the other day, they said our biggest fear isn't our failures. Our, big, our biggest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure or something like that. Like we have to know that we really are capable of great things as human beings. And you knew yourself from a young age, like you talked about being in painting, being into the visual arts and things, and you started to pursue those things. I think there's certain things, you know, we can get to a big, deep, spiritual, religious even kind of thing, but there's certain things planted in certain people, let's just say. And so you got to know who you are and what, what you're capable of. And, uh, and man, pursue it with an obsession. And, and th that process, there's something about that process, it seems like, that it just, and again, Tony talks about this too. It, it, the process of getting there makes us the people we need to be to sustain it <laughs> ultimately too. Learning all these principles you're talking about. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but man, you, you got me thinking about all kinds of stuff here. Uh, so Nick, man, I could, I could talk, we're gonna have to do a sequel because you've got lots of great stuff and you and I are both kind of creative minded people. So I, I don't know. I like to think, uh, I think somewhat the same way, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, so where can people find you? We talked about nickonkin.com and you're at Nick Onkin on social media and Instagram and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean at Nick Onkin and I C K O N K E N on Instagram is probably the, the biggest, the best place to go. Cause you can get to everything from there in my bio. Uh, there's the like the link tree and all that stuff. Uh, if you want to see the entrepreneur stuff, there is, it's nickonkin.com slash entrepreneur. Uh, if you want to download a free ebook on how to elevate your visual personal brand and stand above the noise, that's nickonkin.com slash personal brand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, just head over to the gram and, and you can check out my hats over there on my podcast, um, travel photography, regular f- portrait photography, all the, all, all the things. So it's impressive. Um, I've looked that, at it. <laughs> thank you. Thank awesome you. Awesome stuff. And, and obviously there's probably not tons of the celebrity stuff because you don't own all that. You do the, uh, you, your clients own that, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I didn't scroll I all the way it. to the bottom, but Oh, you own it. Okay. Yeah, minus a couple of Justin Bieber shoots that I have to give a give away some of the rights to. Um, I, I did a shoot with Justin Bieber and Cody Simpson for an album that wow. uh, we shot all this amazing work and awesome. they canned the album and nothing, and only like two or three shots of that whole entire shoot can see the light of day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> Traveling the world. Let's get out of this lockdown so we can get you back to it, at, you know, full force. So you can continue to create for the rest of us to see and uh, inspire us like you have been. Um, the Nyon Radio, by the way, that's the podcast. Yeah, it's Neon Radio. Neon, um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, but I probably changed the name of it soon just because of that reason. Nobody, <laughs> I always have to go through a whole story and like and you know tell people about it so um don't worry it's it's neon radio but it's pronounced it's spelled n-i-o-n neonradio.com is where you find that neon you know it's funny you say because earlier you talked about going to utah and you went to zion but the folks in utah say zion not zion but a lot of people come and then they accentuate the last syllable and say zion kind of like your podcast i don't know but regardless of that little semantics uh I'd, I'd love to invite everybody to go to your website, check out the podcast, whether you call it that or whatever. Uh, Nick, obviously, clearly you've proven here today, brings a ton, a ton of value to the table, both from a photography standpoint and especially the personal branding and all the insights. And we just hit the tip, tip of the iceberg, I imagine, today. So we'll, maybe we'll reconvene down the road and, and continue to dig down that iceberg. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool, man. Well, for our audience, uh, continue doing what we need to do, get past this uh, pandemic thing and uh, keep our heads up high and stay positive and go out there and power yourself and power the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit empowerhumans.com. We'll catch you next time.